Amen. Well, Father, we just thank you for this time once again of just being able to come and to worship you. And now, God, we just ask that, that you would lead us in this place, Lord, as we discuss, you know, uh, not just Bible questions, Lord, but even just our faith and living out our faith, especially during this time right now, God. We just want to be led of you, Lord, as we look to your word and, and look uh, to discussion and fellowship and just how some of those things play out in our lives. And so we just thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So, man, here we go. It's good to be with these guys. Um, so with Jamie and Josh, um, man, this is probably the first time I've seen you in like two months. Something like that. Something like that. Two, two months. Yeah, it's been a while. You've been self-quarantined. Well, you've just been quarantined at home, basically, doing your thing. And Josh... <laughs> How's it been with you, man? Uh, quarantined at work. <laughs> quarantined at yeah. work, yeah, that's for sure. I work at a bank, so uh, we're all stuck in there and yeah. just doing our best with minimal staff and stuff. So yeah. it's been an experience. Yeah, how's it been like? Because you're, I mean, you get to interact with customers at your work, okay. um, but through a thick glass or fiberglass shield. Yeah. The drive-through. Yeah, the glass shield and that. You know, that, I think that's a comfort to people, you know, it's been interesting to you because everybody's wearing masks and like, you don't have to wear that right now, you know, <laughs> but especially since we need to identify you, you know, but uh, it's, it, we're still constantly wiping things down, you know, wiping the yeah. fins that we're passing over, you know, because yeah. we want to play it safe for everyone because everyone's very careful, everyone's very scared. Yeah. Like, we've had customers very, you know, upset and worried about their money and things like that. And, wow. It's been an interesting experience learning how to deal with those kind of scenarios. Yeah. yeah, I was thinking about you in that sense too because it's been such a a different time, you know, where a lot of people just, when all this went down, um, they just stopped working. But there's people like you, like Greg, who have had to keep working because of the industry that you're in yeah. and stuff. So, yeah, do you, how do you anticipate going forward? Do you think that there's going to be a lot of change coming as far as like how we do something like essential as banking. Yeah, yeah, especially when, because, uh, you know, we're, we're looking at, because eventually, have to open the bank like everything else, you know, everywhere else. So, uh, they're looking at the logistics of what that would look like, you know, as far as the time frame, I have, yeah. I have no idea. Uh, you know, but, uh, that's gonna be interesting because we still have to play it safe, you know. Big lobby. <laughs> Sorry. How do you control that? You can't really, you know. So you gotta do your best. But, uh, I'm having technical difficulties here. There we go. I think that might hold now. <laughs> Good. Um, well, man. So, so I'm thinking about this too, and, and obviously you've been in that transition. So, is there anything in like that maybe the Lord has shown you in this process? I mean, because you, you guys have both been serving the Lord, right? But maybe it's different than, because a lot of times when we think of full-time ministry, we think of someone who's actually serving in a church building. Um, but, I mean, that's not really the, the, re, the real definition of full-time ministry. I think we're all ministers. We're all serving, whether it's in a bank or at home with your kids or at the theater, because you've done a lot of volunteer work at the, the theater. So I think that if we're followers of Jesus, we're all serving the Lord full-time, right? It's just a different capacity, for sure. Um, so is there anything in particular that maybe the Lord has shown you in this time and, and this process? And this, Is there anything that maybe a word that God's given you that's kind of carried you through this time? Or To be honest, a lot. I've been learning a lot about myself and, and actually, you know, what you just said that, you know, I may not be serving in the church or in a particular ministry, but I am still ministering with my life at work, yeah. especially when I'm around those same people in that building 40 hours a week. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, but, but the one, one thing that really stuck out to me that, that I've been having to learn is, uh, over the last few weeks is I get, I have been getting caught up with, mm. oh my gosh, what's the truth out there? Yeah. We're hearing so many different points of views. Whose fault is what? Oh, it's the Democrats. Oh, it's the Republicans. Oh, it's, yeah. you know. And so there's so much misinformation. There's so much pointing fingers. Where do I find the truth? How do I know what's fact? What's, you know, but thankfully in the last few weeks, we've been studying scripture 
talking about how, you, you know what, we, we know what the truth is. Let's mm. look to that. Let's look to what we know, and that's the Word mm. of God. Mm. And, and that's something, you know, that's hard to do. So for me, how I've been trying to avoid that is just I, I don't get on the computer near as much anymore. Yeah. Um, but that's been my main lesson is just don't focus on all that. Now, don't put your head in the sand either. You can't, don't bury your head in the sand and be ignorant to what's going on. Yeah. But my lesson really has been put God's word first, and in the end, all of that's just going to fade away. Mm. Yeah. Mm. That's that good. Practice is yeah. a real challenge. So. Yeah, that's true, because you are working around a lot of people that are not necessarily followers of Jesus. Yeah. And just what that might be like, because, you know, we're following Jesus and it's still scary this time and it still feels uncertain, but we're anchored in Christ. And so, you know, have you found any opportunity, like opportunities to minister to people like specifically or has that, has that door you think been opened or, uh, or how are you loving people? With, with coworkers, coworkers, yes, yeah. yes. With what very little free time we have, you know, yeah, we get to chat sure. and stuff. And I mean, we uh, and we talk about what our fears are, our concerns mm. are with all this, and, and then we share encouragement with one another, and, and that's been one way we've been building relationships as coworkers um, in that environment. Is, mm. is really encouraging each other. Hey, you can make it through five o'clock is ten minutes. You can do it. You know. Yeah, yeah. You know. So uh, that's that's the extent of so far. Sorry, I'm gonna. Hey, Justin. Yeah, Greg. That yeah, I might need question. some help here because something's going on with my mic, and it keeps falling, which is a bummer. Because when it's live, there's no turning back. <laughs> Let's see if we can do this real quick. Uh, during this time, I'd like to give a plug. Josh is also the facilitator to our life groups that we yeah, have Thursday night. Good. So um, oh, yeah. I'm going I'm to post a link on, well, I'm going to send the link to Joe and let him post it, but we'll have a link up. So if you guys would like to, to participate, mm. I mean, we get on a Zoom meeting. It, it, Josh is very, very, very diligent with time. So we're, we, we're not going to spend two hours together. It'll be an hour of your time, but we get in and we just, we just chop up the word and then specific mm. issues. I, th I think that it's been sweet the way that you've brought out some of the, the issues that we're struggling with during this time mm -hmm. and, and been able to talk about that. And it's also a great place to just ask questions about the Bible. So yeah. um, that's Thursday, 630. Yeah. yeah, that's good. Yeah, that's a good plug. I totally spaced on that, that Josh is one of our life group leaders. So did I. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, so that's good. He, he's actually the life group leader right yeah. now. Yeah, really? that's for, yeah. Real. for real. No, you're, you're Han Solo, dude. Can you bump up my table? Uh, yeah, <laughs> I'll give you a hundred percent raise. But you know that's so that's so true right now. I know that fellowship. I mean, right now we we have, which is a, it's a blessing. Like once a week we get to do service together, you know, and then we got the Wednesday night. So it's like a couple times for us. But I think that's a, a for sure thing that's lacking with a lot of people is the mental aspect of it of just being able to be with friends and hang out and to laugh and to do life with. I mean, just even as as pastors, we've we've been handling. Just a, a bunch of different situations that have been going on in our own fellowship with crisis and marriages and so forth. And man, just being able to be with people is so key, you know, because those things are happening, right? Those things don't care about, you know, the COVID or quarantine. Life is still happening and just to be able to minister and to talk with. So even right now, Zoom is not ideal. It still gives us some sort of fellowship and connection with people, which I think is, is important. Um, how's it been going with you, Jamie? I mean, you're, you're obviously a mom of, of, of two great kids and a husband who travels a lot for work. And then you were like, I think you were involved with the theater even before you actually moved here. You were already setting yourself up to be in the theater. Like, even before you moved into your house, you were already like hitting the ground running. <laughs> uh, so how has it been going for you? Um, it's, it's been interesting. Um, I had already, I had a very, very, as far as the theater goes, I had a very, very busy last year. It's on. It's on. I can hear you. Yeah. Um, anyways, I had had a very, very busy year. Um, and so I had planned to take this spring off and yeah. just focus on home, you know? Yeah. And so this conveniently 
made it really easy to do that. Oh. Um, but, you know, I homeschool two amazing kids, 13 and 15. We've always homeschooled, so life hasn't really changed all that much for us mm. um, home life-wise. But um, I would say the biggest thing for us uh, has been just being together more, I mean, we're together all the time, but somehow, you know, when we all have all these different things going on, you know, yeah. kids have their activities, I have mine, Dave has his stuff, I mean, we're all just so busy, and um, it's been really sweet to just be together and kind of uh, spend time together, I'm watching the kids, like, get along again, they're, like, playing games together, and going <laughs> to the beach together, and doing yeah. all these things that, like, they haven't done since they were little, you yeah. know, and so, or, like, at least the last several years, but, um, so they're getting along better. We're just all spending more time together, meaningful time, mm. um, and just slowing down. And that's been, that's been cool. Hmm. Hey, how about, so, cause there's a lot of moms, like my, my wife too, she's been homeschooling for three or four years now. I mean, I don't even know how, seven years. Oh my <laughs> goodness. So she's been homeschooling at least four children for seven years, right? Something like that. Okay. Like seven, you know, seven years, you know, you've been doing it for a long time. So maybe speak to maybe moms, is there something, because even though it's going to be different, right, they're still working with Zoom and things like that from the school districts, but there's a lot of moms out there who have never homeschooled before, you know, and, and we've, we've been seeing all the funny memes of like, like, oh, what was that one meme about the teachers like, oh, you're right, my kid is not the greatest, or <laughs> well, there's been some funny memes out there, but I think it just speaks to the fact that this is a huge learning curve for a lot of moms and dads who are now homeschooling for the very first time or trying to come alongside. So could you maybe just speak to those moms who are maybe doing this for the first time? Is there anything that you sure. can just give them a, a tip or something or, or like just hang in there, you're not gonna die, something. So um, I guess I would say three things. One is that um, uh, consistency is important. I mean, you do have to kind of make some sort of schedule for yourself and the yeah. kids. Um, otherwise nothing will happen. I know what that's like. Um, I'm actually pretty disciplined, but we don't always. But at the same time, give yourself a lot of grace and give the kids mm. a lot of grace because this is new for them too. Like, they're basically having to self-regulate their education mm. in a lot of ways, in mm. ways they never have before. Um, and it's, it's difficult, it's stressful, um, so don't don't take it out on yourself and don't take it out on the kids if things oh, aren't good. going beautifully because <laughs> yeah. they're probably not. Yeah. It, even as a homeschool mom of like ever, yeah. um, it doesn't always go beautifully. Um, and just take some time off. Do something fun, you know. Reset um, because otherwise it, it will just eat you up. Mm -hmm. um, and third, this is such an awesome way for you to see really what the strengths and weaknesses are for your kids. Um, and recognize and appreciate that they're all different um, mm. and there are things like they're going to excel in that maybe you didn't even know they were so good at or vice versa and again just uh, use it as a way to um, help your kids realize the God-given strengths and talents that he's given them um, mm. to be able to uh, pursue those things mm. more more meaningfully yeah yeah that's good that's good. I think a grace, a lot of grace. That seems to be a, a I mean, that, to me, that's a really good word because you forget. I mean, the kids are at school all day and, and they're kind of out of sight, out of mind, and you forget what that's like uh, to be doing school and to have all the different assignments. I mean, even our kids, like, they transitioned to homeschool, two of our older kids who were in high school, but the expectations didn't really taper off. And so they were really struggling. And so that was kind of a big thing in our home of just trying to, how do we figure this out? This is a community project and there's other things that they're trying to do and they don't have all the resources they normally have. And so, yeah, that's been hard. I've, I've had to remind myself because, you know, I, you know, you get antsy or you get frustrated and, and it's a whole new learning curve. And so I think the Lord has been teaching us a lot through that too. We've seen the Lord work um, and it's definitely been a new area of trust for sure. You know, so that, that's heavy. So what about something maybe the Lord has shown you? Is there something specifically through this time that maybe the Lord has revealed to you or just really a word that maybe that just keeps coming to mind or a verse? Uh, I, yeah, I mean, like Josh, it's been a lot of things. But I think really just um, uh, that idea of just be still and know that I'm God. Because, mm. um, again, you know, I'm, I tend to, like, 
run around the clock. I have so many different activities with home and the theater and here and, you know, leading worship and all the different things that I was doing. The kids were so busy. You know, like you said, Dave is in and out for work. I mean, we just have, like, we live in this, like, controlled chaos. Yeah. Um, and slowing down has been a good way to just refocus and recalibrate our whole family towards mm -hmm. the Lord. Um, you know, I'm, I, I go for long walks like every day and I'm like listening to sermon podcasts and things like that. And just kind mm -hmm. of like, I don't know, it's just, it's, it's been a good time to, to see us all sort of, mm -hmm. uh, recommit yeah. time yeah. with each other and with the Lord and not just always in the busyness. Yeah. Yeah, that's been for all of us, I think. We've all been forced to slow down. And it's not to, to downplay, because we, again, recognize that um, there are people that are hurting and that there are people suffering, and, and even the elderly. I mean, the elderly have been impacted huge by this, right? And so we're seeing it. And then maybe in some ways, you know, I think of it almost in, like in Vietnam, how Vietnam, like for the very first time, because, you know, my dad shared this with me and just, you know, the documentaries over the years, uh, that that was like one of the first wars that people were seeing it unfold as it was happening and how that was huge and how wars have been always been happening they've always been a part of our lives but in Vietnam people were seeing it at dinner time on the news and for the first time and so it became such a huge thing and it's almost like in this way too with the, the coronavirus you know we're seeing it unfold for the first time in a different way because of social media where some of the past viruses have hit us you know, social media wasn't such a huge platform just yet. I mean, you had internet, you had things like that, but this has been so huge. And so you're seeing all of these things unfold before our eyes. And so, yeah, we, we don't want to downplay uh, the people that are suffering and that are hurting because those are all very real circumstances. But at the same time, in wanting to keep our eyes open and keeping our eyes on Jesus, um, there has been some really sweet times as well. I'm just like that slowing down and being with family and um, you know, right when all this started, man, I was like beyond busier, busier than I was before trying to get everything all squared away. And now things have kind of leveled out. I'm kind of getting used to the cameras and figuring out all the technology part. So I've been able to take Mondays and Tuesdays off because Wednesdays I'm here all day. And that's been really sweet. I'm just being with the family in ways that I haven't been able to in the past. So just hanging out with the kids and helping with breakfast and helping with dinner and just helping so that Anna can actually, so we can say, tag, you're it, and I can come in and do stuff, and she can go get a much-needed break and whatnot. And so that's been really, really good. Um, anything on you, Greg? Anything of late that maybe the Lord has shown you recently? I mean, you've been with us the whole time, but... Mm -hmm. um, my... The thing that's been uh, pressing on me is I give people outside my family more patience and grace... Mm than my own family, than my wife and my son. Yeah. And so dealing with that and, and recognizing it as it happens mm. has been kind of eye-opening and humbling, yeah. you know? So I think today that, that it, was, it was big on me today. There were a few times where I, I reacted instead of responding to, to mm. Boaz. And, and I had to come back and be like, you know, that wasn't okay. I'm sorry I did that, son. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think that's one of the things the Lord has been showing me. I've been faced with my sin more. Because, yeah. you know, it's easy to hide away in your office and things like that, and you're doing stuff. But then when you're with your family a lot more, you know, you realize, like, oh, there's some issues that I haven't dealt with yet. And, and God uses families as that whole dynamic of, like, of, of dealing with challenges or, or kids that are not listening to mom and then how you react I think even last week, I know Anna was a little surprised that I shared about the whole salmon incident. I think she said you and, you and Brian's eyes kind of got big. I just threw my salmon down on the ground. I was so ticked off. Um, just I was having a bad day. I was having a bad day and, 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 and dropping that salmon that I worked so hard on, you know, for our little COVID outside dinner date, and it just fell apart. Uh, but it was so good because I was like, oh, I messed up again. And so to be able to go upstairs and spend time with the Lord and then my wife, like just to be gracious and to come up and just to pray with me. I mean, that was really sweet. But yeah, there's been a lot of that. Like I've got to deal with my sin. Like, you know, just being around family and things like that. Not that my family causes me to sin, but I think it's just the interactions that bring out. Like there's things that you thought you were over that, no, they're not. They're still there. 
you know, and so to be able to deal with our own sin, that, that's been huge lately, you know. For sure. Especially if you're like, right, I mean, you're, you're desiring to follow Jesus, and if that prayer is true and real, then God's going to take you through things, and He's going to bring things out to the surface, you know, which is huge. Um, I like that we're talking about, like, family and stuff, because, like, my devotion here in a second is having to deal with the home. I, I'm going to share it here in a few minutes with you guys um, from Psalm 127 and 128. So if you have a Bible, you can turn there. Um, uh, but, you know, as I was thinking and praying, just every week, I'm thinking and praying, like, Lord, what's the theme for this Wednesday? And one of the things I started thinking up about that was the home, like home life, you know. And so the title of my little devotion was called How's Your Home? You know, and, and so I was thinking about that too, just the home and the family dynamic. But, you know, just to ask you guys to open up this time of devotion as well, um, what is it, you know, I'll start with you, Greg, what is the home? Like when you think of the home, what does the home mean to you? Or what, what would be Greg's definition of the home? You know, definition of the home would be a lot like the definition of the church, mm. like the actual definition. It's not, it's not a building. Mm. It's the people that are inside of it, mm. you know, because um, for me, it doesn't matter if I'm in a hotel room or mm. a tent, uh, wherever I'm at, if my wife and son are with me, then that's home. Mm. So home, home for me is, is the people, you know, the, the family and that unit. Mm. Mm, that's good. I like that. Um, what about you guys? What's, what's your definition of, of home, Jamie? When you think of home. Well, I mean, I guess as like a wife, mother, and homemaker, I mean, the house part does come into it, but it's not even like, it's because it's creating, an, it's the environment of mm. a place where there's love and acceptance and fun and all of that. So yeah. it's, the, it's the people, but it's also the environment that's created. And that could be in any place, you know. Um, right. But, but to me, that's, that's like the important that. part. Yeah. Hmm. What about you, Josh? Same question. What is your definition of home? What is home? Uh, well, the first things that came to my mind was to, uh, a safe haven, a comfortable, you know, a place where family members can come in and feel safe and comfortable. Because uh, I know, you know, coming home from work every day, that's what, what home is to me. Yeah. And I know it is for Micah as well. We, we're, we're ready to get home collapse on the sofa and be lazy, you know, yeah. and then forget dinner, we'll just give rotisserie chicken again, you know, yeah. but uh, that, that's home in my mind, is, is just a place where we can, we know it's a place to look forward to, to be safe and comfortable. Mm. Mm, that's good. I don't know why I was thinking about this, but um, what, are, what are your, and you can start with maybe with, with I'll start with Jamie, like what are your, some of your favorite childhood family depicted shows, because I know I know, at least I grew up, you know, you know, I love, my dad would have us watch reruns and stuff like that of like these family shows. And sometimes they give a realistic picture, sometimes, and sometimes they kind of give a depicted something that you thought you wanted your home to be like, you know, so do you have any favorite like home, like depicted shows? Um, I, well, so I, I used to love to watch The Wonder Years. Um, oh yeah. <laughs> and I've actually been watching that with the kids. Um, and, and that's been fun, but um, it's not exactly the best home life. They're pretty dysfunctional, actually. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but you know, it's it's great commentary on life, anyways. Yeah. Um, but I don't like. I don't really. Ha I can't think of any others from my childhood. Yeah. But like, there's a more recent one that we watch as a family, and that's the middle. It's like our favorite sitcom ever. Yeah. Um, but I. I don't know, like nobody ever watches the middle, but we do. Um, <laughs> um, but I think that's a, a better picture of like just that, you know, they bicker and they, they you know, have issues and yeah. all of that. But in the end, they're really devoted to each other and really love mm. each other. And, and um, I just, I, we just love those characters and, and mm. what they all bring to the table and how they work together. So. Yeah, okay, that's good. What about you, Greg? Star Trek. Star Trek. Yeah, it, that was that's one of my father's most favorites. Star Trek, any Western, any Western. John Wayne, Clint Eastwood. It doesn't matter. He's not. My dad's not picky. So, any Western. But, but television sitcom Star Trek, Dukes of Hazard. We're talking family depiction of families. <laughs> I didn't grow up in the church, Chief. 
I'm just talking. Yeah. You, I didn't grow up in the church either. Yeah, these are these are the sitcom. I didn't watch any of those family ones. <laughs> okay. You didn't watch Billy Dukes, Dukes, Dukes of Hazard. I'll make up for it. Yeah, that's true. That is, there, there was semi dysfunctional there. That was like a modern day Robin Hood kind of thing. Totally. That's what it says in the in the song, right? Yeah. Riding around like a true modern day Robin Hood. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. What about you, Josh? <laughs> I was raised on. You know, I homeschooled actually. Uh, oh, okay. Of homeschooling, and you know, our routine when I started homeschooling, we got up in the morning, we watched Little House on the Prairie. Yeah. Then uh, we had breakfast, and we did schoolwork, and then during lunchtime, <laughs> we had an Andy Griffith thing going on because during that afternoon, Matlock would come on, oh. and then the Andy Griffith show, which is very, you know, opposite when you think about the content. <laughs> But uh, I grew up on stuff like the Andy yeah. Griffith Show and Leave It to Beaver, and because you mentioned that prior to this, uh, I think Joe did. Oh, you did. Yeah. Oh, so, some Deep, of it. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and all of those classic uh, family shows. I grew up on that stuff. Westerns. I grew up on Roy Rogers. Do you know who Roy Rogers is? He's yeah. the singing cowboy. You know, yeah. he wasn't any John Wayne. He, he yeah. was the I don't know. Vanilla Cowboys. I don't know what to call it. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. But uh, that's what I was raised in as a family. You yeah. know, we watched that in the evenings. We watched Wheel of Fortune together. Yeah, you know? yeah. And what's great is that I was, Micah is from a different culture, you know, yeah. and everything. And she's never seen that stuff. She loves Annie Griffith. She, you know, she loved Little House on the Prairie. We finished that a few months ago, you know, and it's kind of cool being able to. Yeah. Bring that today. That way, I still have that with that sense of oh, this is what family felt yeah. like. You know? Yeah. So did that answer the question? No, that's good. That's good because I was thinking about that. Like, I think in some ways, you know, some of those depictions on on the screen and whatnot, they kind of shape a little bit of what maybe you want in a family. You know, because we watched Leave It to yeah. Beaver, and I loved how the dad would respond to the beeb, and there was always that big. Like there was, there was the conflict or the pickle that they would get into and then the big you know, fatherly dad would come and talk with the Beeb and Wally and they'd, they'd kind of go through this and you kind of long for that. And in some ways it kind of even like revealed some of the dysfunction of your own family, right? Yeah. So it was an escape, um, you know, um, the other one was Little House on the Prairie. I love that too, just because the oh, simpler... What's that? Brady Bunch. I, I just remember. Do you remember the Brady Bunch? Brady Bunch. I, I, I guess I was more into Little House on the Prairie because I did like the whole thought of like living on the frontier and all that kind of stuff. It was kind of exciting. And the Beverly Hillbillies, which I still to this day have the theme song memorized like oh, yeah. to this day. Yeah. Um, but just that family unit and the dysfunction and whatnot. But, but it just made me think of, of just like, okay, so we've got like the world's depiction and some of that obviously is a facade, right? Because... You know, then you, then you look at news websites today and all of a sudden your, your bubble gets bursted. Because I read an article not too long ago, you know, on Little House on the Prairie, you know, and some of those guys were like full on drunk. I mean, just wasted filming these like family shows. And you're like, what? They were what? They were full on alcoholics and stuff in some of them. And it just kind of burst your bubble. So then it made me think like, okay, well then, then, then where do we take um, our cue from on what the family looks like, you know? And, and so that kind of led me to the Psalm, uh, Psalm 127. And I'll read, this to, I'll read this to you and then I'll come back to you guys in a second. Um, but in Psalm 127, it says this, unless the Lord builds the house, they labor in vain who build it. Unless the Lord guards the city, the watchman stays awake in vain. It is vain for you to rise up early and to sit up late, to eat the bread of sorrows, for so he gives his beloved sleep. And so as I was thinking about that question and I was thinking about these shows and whatnot, it really, you know, just kind of made me reflect even today as I was thinking about these verses, you know, of, of you know, how is your home? And that was the, the question that the Lord just kept giving me, you know, this morning. And I think just a word from the Lord for you today who are watching, right? How is your home? Right in this time right now, and, you know, because the reality is under normal con conditions, as I think about the definition of what a home is and, and so forth, you know, under normal conditions in the sense of like, you know, usually you've got your mom or your dad or your single mom or single dad and you're raising your family and whatnot. You know, when I think about the home, it's where we grow up. It's where uh, we make memories. It's where families grow up together and we're raising children together and so forth. 
Um, it's where we celebrate life. It's where we celebrate our achievements. It's where we recoil when life is harsh and we have unforeseen trials or even the thing that we're in now, right? That just really kind of interrupts your daily family life. And as I think about that, you know, uh, Webster's Dictionary defines a family as a place in which one resides, but also, and I think Josh, a second ago, he kind of mentioned this too, you know, it's also a sacred refuge for our life. And that's how I think of the home life. But in the middle of that home life, there's also opportunities for God to do a work in us. And what I think this time is doing right now for a lot of us and many of us, myself included, um, it, it really, it challenges us. Right? It really presents a unique opportunity for us to reflect. Um, and as I said, you know, we're kind of thinking back to some of those shows and we're thinking about like, man, I, you know, I really want my family life to be like that. Uh, but some of the attraction in some of these shows, especially like Little House on the Prairie, is you saw something that, that I didn't grow up with. You, know, you had dad coming and, and really what I realize now is dad's ministering to the family and, right, and he's, he's trying to redirect the kids to look to the Lord and in some ways, right, it's an Americana faith, but I think for us, it really causes us to, to reflect on how we run our homes and who or what we put our trust in. Um, and, and those things can really be brought to the surface um, because we're all, I think, faced with that right now of looking at our home life. And, and some of us, it's easy for us, maybe because uh, it's easier to, to run away from those things because a lot of times in our normal jobs, Right? You know, we're working 40, 50, 60 hours a week and, and, and we get used to doing that. And so, you know, working in our, our places of employment, you know, that becomes an easy way to do life, right? To function. But then when that's been taken away, and, and you know, and there was a, a good number of us, right? Before, you know, if you were lucky enough to be in some of the construction industries and so construction industries and so forth, you know, you had maybe a two or three week break. Uh, some, of, some of those other people uh, have lost their jobs and that's forced them to be home. Other people have, who were working in an office now are forced to work out of an office at home, but we're all on the same level in that we're faced with daily family life. And so what that's doing now, it's making us question and contemplate who or what have we been putting our trust in. And maybe in some ways, you know, like for me, it's been definitely points of conviction where I've seen myself fail maybe as a dad or as a husband. And so, you know, as I look at the Psalms, I think Solomon gives us some wisdom and some encouragement uh, to help answer and respond to that question of how is my home? Um, I think that's a real question for a lot of us to reflect on, especially, especially if we are professing followers of Jesus. I think that's a worthy question in this time right now of, of being at home and reflecting and during these circumstances, right? Because look what, what, what Solomon says there. He says, unless the Lord builds the house, they labor in vain who build it. Now, understand that when Solomon is writing this, uh, more than likely this is during the time when the temple was being built, right? So he's wrestling with that question himself because I think Greg said it earlier, you know, when he thinks of home, he thinks of the church, which, which is really kind of the modern day, you know, or the building where we gather too, right? That depiction, it's the modern day place or, or, or area where we gather to worship the Lord. During that time of Solomon, right, he was tasked with building the temple because his father David, King David, couldn't build it, right? He wanted to build it, but he couldn't do it because he was a man of war, right? The, the, you know, the prophet told him, God spoke to him, said, you have too much blood on your hands, right? But you can prepare the way. You can set and pave the way for your son, Solomon, who's going to build it. And so Solomon, uh, the second, you know, the third king of Israel, was able to build a temple. And so I imagine that he's reflecting on these things as he's going out, as he's hiring the people, as he's getting these different tribes to come together and neighboring towns to come together and to bring the materials together. He's wrestling with this question as he builds the temple. I mean, I think there's spiritual applications that he was probably making as well, you know. And I think something that we could take away even this evening and tonight um, and how we can look at our own homes, our sanctuaries, our places that are intended to be a refuge. Because that's a real wake-up call for many of us, especially for our children. I, our home should be a place of refuge and sanctuary for our wives and 
and for for our, our you know for our spouses or for our kids and, and I get I, I understand that, that that's not always the case because of circumstances beyond your control there's like single moms and single dads or there's grandparents that are raising but you know raising you know their kids kids and so forth their grandchildren as their own and I get that there's different circumstances but I think some of the principles can apply to us right especially again as we're seeking to follow the Lord, but what a good reminder there. He says, unless the Lord builds, right, the house, right, we labor in vain. And so there, it's a call for us. It's a declaration for us as followers of Jesus. I think, you know, Joshua said it best, you know, there in the book of Joshua at the very end, you know, he said it, right, as he's wanting to get his own house in order, he had to come to a place of decision, and that's what I love about the Lord, that, that there are second chances with following Jesus. I mean, you see that in the book of Joshua where, you know, you had a group of people who saw the miracles of God. They saw God's mighty hand bring them out of the land of Egypt. And he rescued them with great and mighty works. And over and over and over again, they failed. Um, but even at the end of Joshua, there was still an opportunity for repentance, there was still an opportunity saying, okay, fine, look, we messed up, we blew it, right? But there's an opportunity, there's not even tonight, there's an opportunity for us to, to, to recenter what we focus on, to recenter who and what we're putting our trust in. And, and look at the declaration that Joshua makes in Joshua chapter 24, verse 14 and 15. He says this, now therefore fear the Lord. Serve him in sincerity and in truth and put away the gods which your father served on the other side of the river and in Egypt. Serve the Lord. And if it seems evil to you to serve the Lord, choose for yourselves this day whom we will serve. And right there, there's that, there's that cross in the road, right? That fork in the road. There's that, okay, look, maybe you might have blown it in the past. Maybe you've let the family unit, you know, go in all these different directions and and for some of us, we have, right? I think Jamie kind of alluded that too, right? You know, not like on purpose, not like we're, okay, we're going to keep our kids so busy that we're just going to let them go all in different directions, right? So it's not like, let's, let's do condemnation, but it's an opportunity to say, oh, okay, Lord, you know, we've been forced to kind of reflect. We've been forced to, to regroup. And so I think it, it's good news. It's an opportunity to say, okay, this day, it doesn't matter what happened in the past, it doesn't matter how we've, we've done life up until this point. God has given us an opportunity right now, this day, to choose right now because of the Spirit of God in us. Because God is no longer dwelling in a temple made with hands. He's now dwelling in us, His church, the sanctuary for God. I mean, man, wrap your brains around that. Our, our, our bodies have become the sanctuary for God. And we get to worship the living God who's also taken up residence in, in us. And because of that, we can meet with the Lord and we can this day choose for ourselves this day whom we will serve. Whether the gods which your, your fathers served that were on the other side of the river or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell, right? The gods that we used to put such a high priority on, right? Because many of us are very sophisticated now and, and we've matured and we've grown and so we're no longer building little idols for ourselves. But there are things and activities, if we're honest, that have become idols. And so, you know, it's an opportunity to let go of some of that and to choose this day whom we will serve. And then Joshua says, I love it. But as for me and my house, man, we will serve the Lord. And, and, and right there, there, there's an opportunity for us. If, if our eyes are open, it's an opportunity for us to refocus and to say, okay, Lord, let's redo this foundation. Uh, not in condemnation, but in grace, because we're alive right now. And, and the Bible says that we've been blessed with all the spiritual blessings in the heavenly places. And God has given us an opportunity in freedom to be able to say, okay, Lord, yeah, I have maybe blown it in some areas. And yeah, maybe I haven't been the best mom or the best dad, or, or maybe as the leader of, of this home, I haven't always led us in the right way. But now's an opportunity to say, okay, Lord, you know what? I recognize and I understand what Solomon is saying now, that, um, that unless the Lord builds the house, they labor in vain who build it. Unless the Lord guards the city, the watchman stays awake in vain. That guard is, is really 
the overseer. That's the, I guess the better wording for that would be the overseer, the one who's in charge, who's, who's overseeing the house. And, and, and I think it's good news and should take a weight off that not only is the family our responsibility, but ultimately it's God's responsibility because God is the overseer. God is the one who has purchased this family with his own blood. Right? And so we have an opportunity, and I think to, to, to take the weight off, to say, okay, Lord, it's your family. And so now I want to release my family that you've made me really a steward over and say, God, take care of your family. I want to relinquish, you know, the way I've been leading and say, Lord, you take the lead because you truly are uh, the overseer. You're the one in charge. And, and I think, man, what, what, what a sweet thing to come to that place and to be challenged that however we've been running our families or however we, you know, we take that litmus test, right? Um, um, yeah, and, and someone just commented on Facebook maybe a few seconds ago that Father Knows Best, right? I love that show. That was another good show, Father Knows Best. Uh, but, but we get saying, right, biblically speaking, truly the Father knows best. And so let's, let's release it to Him, right? And, and, and here's another encouragement, I think, from Solomon that comes in verse 2. Right? So one, we recognize that, man, if we're just trying to take matters in our own hands, if we're just trying to like do things because this is the way my dad taught me rather than saying, Father, how do you want to teach me? Right? God wants to give us contentment and release us and give us that grace we need even in the middle of the storms. Because look what he says there in, in verse 2. It is vain for you to rise up early, to sit up late, to eat the bread of sorrows, for so he gives his beloved sleep. I know moms everywhere are saying like, amen. Like, when's that going to happen? God wants to give his beloved sleep, right? Um, but the idea there is this sense of, of rest, of resting in the Lord. See, that's when I believe we really know that we've relinquished, you know, authority to God. And we've allowed God to build our homes when we begin to rest in him. Right, Because this is the crazy thing about home life during this time. We can allow God to lead our lives and, and trust Him, or we can freak out and take matters into our own hands. And I think even right now, maybe there's a call for many of us, uh, maybe where you're at, you know, in the middle of this craziness, because if we're honest, there's a lot to be freaked out about right now, right? There's a lot to be worried about. And again, I've said before, whether... And I think Josh was hitting on it too. Whether we believe like the coronavirus is real or not, whether we believe it's a conspiracy by our government or not, whether we believe you know this side of doctors is true and right, and this side of doctors no, these are the guys with the real truth. The reality is the effects of what is going on is very real, and the hurt that many people are experiencing is very real, and the suffering that's happening across our country and the world at the same time is very real. So there's a lot to be worried and freaked out about, but for the follower of Jesus, it, even in the middle of the storm, he wants to give us some comfort. He wants to, to give us rest. I mean, look at the, almost as an admonishment or maybe even a point of like rebuke for some of us from, from a loving father, from a father who knows best, right? He says, it's vain, for us to rise up early and to sit up late. This thought of like, we're just staying up and we're worrying and we're freaking out about things that we can't control. And then as soon as we wake up in the morning, we're, we're, we're dwelling on these circumstances that are beyond our control once again. Well, it's not just Solomon who said that, but look also at what Jesus said in Matthew, in Matthew chapter 6, six verse 24. Um, I think that's right. Yeah, Matthew six twenty-five. actually. Look what he says there. He says, therefore, I say to you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and clothing? Look at the birds of the air, for they neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father needs them. Your Father, I'm sorry, not needs them. Your heavenly Father feeds them, Right? And are you not of more value than they? Which of you, by worrying, can add one cubit to his stature? I mean, and it's funny in this sense. It's like, it's almost like, like by worrying, we're thinking that the more we worry, the more we think about it, 
the more we're actually doing something about it. But Jesus says, no, like that's the opposite. By, by taking these things on your own shoulder and, and, on your, and, 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 and carrying those things that God never meant to, to have you wear as weights around your neck, like is that, is that somehow going to add to your height or to your stature as a human being? Right? Is it silly to trust the Lord? No. Because God is asking us to trust Him, right? These are promises that He's given to us, right? Because the reality is, He says, For He gives His beloved sleep. He desires to give you rest. Think about this word. You know, the phrase in there, I love this. This is just from the Bible Dictionary, right? Um, this phrase, For He gives His beloved sleep, what it refers to is that His providential care gives sleep which no efforts of ours can otherwise procure. And this is a reason for trust as to other things, right? There, there, there's this, this thing as we come to the Lord, man, God wants to give you rest. God desires for you to come to Him, right? To be content in Him because all the things that we're worried about, the things we're freaked out, God's already gone before us. God already knows exactly what we need. He, he knows where our, the default is and where the lack is. And yet, even despite that, He's saying, come, I come and let me carry those, right? He would say later on in, my, in the Gospel of Matthew, right? Come to me, all you who are heavy laden and who are burdened, and I will give you rest. And there's that, there's that thing again of, of a call to come and let him give you sleep. And that picture is rest in the Lord, right? These circumstances that we're in, they're beyond our control. Uh, and so then rest in him, rest in him and even knowing that he can can provide for your family even in the middle of the storm um, and maybe that's you right now maybe you need prayer for just that right now you know and maybe that's an area that God wants you to trust him in to step out in faith because for some of us man our worrying is becoming sin right it's you know we're addicted to Facebook we're addicted to media and and we keep going to all these outlets and we're, we're frantically looking for this new truth, 